Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel and joining me today is my fellow man of Middle-earth, Shabazz. You have my sword and my bow and my axe. Is, was that three different people or are you just very inconsistent with the impression? I'm, I'm from Middle-earth as a man, but right. I'm also a thespian. So I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was doing many scenes, many characters yeah. as uh, Not just a man, were, no. you were also an elf yes. and you were a dwarf as uh, well Yes, too. exactly. I loved your commitment to the Shay. Thank you. I, I, you know, that, that is one of my favorite lines to recite though when I watch The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, unrelated to this episode that we're doing right now. There though. is no relationship Not- at all to None whatsoever what you just said and what this episode is all about totally today on the movie podcast we are so excited to welcome should we let's you know let's just do it we're, we're going to tell you we don't want to keep you waiting well, why you know keep them guessing keep them guessing okay it's not lord <laughs> of the rings related it only has it in the title today on the movie podcast we are so excited to welcome dylan smith of the lord of the rings the rings of power this is a brand new prime video series premiering in september on September 2nd, you'll be able to watch it. I feel like we've been building up to this show for so, so long. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about the early days of the show. We, I remember us talking about on the movie podcast, you know, you know, Prime Video getting the rights for this. And then now we are finally here talking about a show. Not just talking about the show, talking to somebody who was on the show, who was in New Zealand, working on it. And we're going to see them. You know what Dylan's character's name was? Is it Largo Brandyfoot? How the heck did you guess that? Oh, man, I just guessed. That was a great guess. Fantastic guess. Thank you. I think it was also your nickname in high school. It was, actually, yeah. Yeah. I used to go by that a lot, and people were like, dude, we don't get it. I'm like, in 20 years, you will. Yeah, also... You weren't in high school 20 years ago. <laughs> How long has it been? I don't know. Not the time to we, do we won't, we won't time ourselves But I will here. say, a nickname is usually shorter. Largo Brandyfoot is quite a long name. It is. And that was a, quite a long pause. Yes, it is. Too. That's all I got for you. Uh, I just want to say thank you to our friends at Prime Video Canada for making this happen. We are so excited to talk with Dylan. He is a fantastic actor. He's a Canadian actor. And I always love, and I know you always love, and Anthony always loves, when we get to talk to Canadian talent here on the show. Mm-hmm. We've been very lucky to talk to some incredible Canadians in the, this last year and over the years here on the show. And a Dylan is just one heck of a sweet gentleman that we got to talk to and we're so happy that we yeah. did uh before we get to our interview with dylan i just want to remind you as always you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single monday and watch out throughout the week for our review episodes and all the latest movies and series we've also been really lucky to have some incredible special guests join us on the show just this week on monday we had dean flesher camp join us to talk about marcel the shell with shoes on we had a great time with him and then we found out an hour after recording with him that he's going to be the director of lilo and stitch for the disney crazy crazy timing but uh yeah we had a great time with dean go check out our interview from that also we had joseph quinn who plays eddie munson on stranger things season four we know you love eddie we love eddie the the eddie hype has been the eddie train oh, no, it's, has been it's uh, full steam. off the station yeah full steam go ahead yeah. yeah so it's been it's been amazing also check out our reviews for the gray man thor love and thunder and lots more we have lots more coming we'll have our nope review out it might be out already we're playing a little bit of time travel right now so Look out for Nope. And I want to say thank you to everybody who uh, entered into our Nope ticket giveaway. Uh, we hope you enjoy the film or will enjoy the film. Mm. Uh, also, we got to check something out really cool last week, Shay. We did. What did we get to check out? We, we got to go to this, a little mall here in Toronto called Yorkdale Shopping Center. Mm-hmm. And they have, just like they did last year, they had an Avengers um, ex- exhibition. Yeah, Avengers Station. Avengers Station. Now they have one dedicated to friends. And this is uh, by a company called Superfly X. And they partnered with the Warner Brothers to create 
basically as much of the friends world, which is New York, as yes. they can. So we've got the apartments in there. We've got the clothing. Oh, my God. There was, and, you know, we're Friends fans on the show yeah. here. Friends fanatics. Friends fanatics on the show. Friends so, addicts? Friends well, addicts? That, that sounds like, that like something That sounds like that. That's not dangerous. Thing. That's dangerous. But yeah. we got a chance to check it out, be a part of it, and just really feel like we were living in the early 90s with our friends. We did, yeah. It was, it was awesome. The attention to detail is spectacular. And you get to, yeah, like you said, you get to be Chandler's apartment. And you get to be in Monica's apartment and Central Perk and see the clothes and just the work that was put into this is pretty amazing. So right. of course, if you are a friends a friends fan or a friends fanatic, I'll use it as the two words. This time, yes, you owe it to go check it out. We're not sponsored by them. We were just really lucky to go check it out for their media day. We loved it. We have the link below if you want to check it out. If you want to get tickets for it, it's going to be running until January. So you got some time. But I feel like those tickets are also going to go fast because friends is massive and i think it's gonna be really popular and mm -hmm. it, it was really really cool oh, yeah. uh, shay also put together a really great video kind of highlighting our time there so please go check that out on all of the social medias that i listed above but without further ado please welcome dylan smith of the lord of the rings the rings of power to the movie podcast hi dylan i'm daniel and i'm Shabazz. hi Shabazz. hi daniel how are you doing today yeah really well exciting his first bit of press so um, it, it's exciting to talk about it it's all coming back a little bit yeah. <laughs> that's awesome it's great i mean this this has been a long journey i feel like we've been hearing about the show forever so it's to know that it's coming out in less than two months now it's pretty pretty spectacular yeah yeah, yeah. it's been yeah it's been forever i mean from getting cast in november 2019 to now is sort of like yeah get out there please just be done with it Sure, we get it well first and foremost i just want to say thank you so much for sharing your time with us on the movie podcast today we are such huge lord of the rings fan and the new trailer that dropped today looked absolutely amazing unreal yeah. amazing yeah it was a killer trailer i have to say it's the first one where i really felt you're getting a sense of the the you know all the different peoples of the world, the how stories sort of overlap, some of the bigger themes, the life or death stuff. It all was really clear in that one. Whereas the other ones were real teasers. What is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was cool. I'm very yeah. excited. It was it was beautiful. Like we were just. I think the first thing that like Shay and I and, and Anthony were all thinking about was just how incredible it looked and just how visually stunning it looked and to know that like this is a show that we're going to be watching like in our homes like that's spectacular and i was just curious for yourself what was your background and your familiarity with the lord of the rings before joining this series for me it was actually it, it sat in a kind of pantheon of mythological literature that had to be read if i um as soon as i came of age both my older brothers are mad Lord of the Rings fans. I think my brother had read it three times um, in single sittings by the age of 14, wow. something insane. Um, and he's the brother who's also a screenwriter in Canada, Bruce M. Smith. Um, and my other, and my middle brother, the same. They both have a 35-year strong Dungeons & Dragons game still going. Oh my God. Wow. Same game. Characters are wow. a bit too powerful. Yeah, it's a nightmare for the Dungeon Master. But um, <laughs> so they, they, but I, to be honest, I, my first real proper introduction was the first three films, which, which I, I just knocked me for six. And it was like the best Christmas present 
every year because it came out on Boxing Day, didn't it? So it was, um, and then ever since then, I and then I went to the books properly again. Um, so it's always been really notable literature. And then also in the research for, for this, discovering that in fact Tolkien the academic and wanted to create English myth and that it was written with an academic's kind of intention and detail and that that just added a whole other layer to it when I started doing it and, and I think took it from fantasy to being something that was more important than that. Definitely. Not that there's anything wrong with fantasy. It was just like, right. I think this meant a lot to Tolkien. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This. And I think when you look at like the appendices and the similarian and all of these other, you know, works that Tolkien did into this world, like you see so much of that pulled into what Peter Jackson did. And now to be able to really dive into thousands of years before all of this, it's good. I think it's gonna be really special. I think it's gonna be really, really special. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a glorious period of the lore to be exploring because there's key markers that have been written. There was lots that he encouraged other people to, you know, for other hands to fill in details. Um, and it's, yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, I think it's an amazing gift to be able to go back and fill out this massive world. And, and thank goodness that Amazon has committed to it in both financially and creatively the way they have, because there's so much in this period that I think is, yeah. And, and also the blessing that there was so much that wasn't written, mm -hmm. which, you know, allowed for our world to come to in a way. Amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, when you, when you think of the Lord of the Rings films and like their large landscapes, you know, you're immediately brought to New Zealand and you guys had the opportunity to shoot there as well. What was that experience like? Amazing. Amazing in every way. I mean, I think one it up the excitement and anticipation for every actor coming because it was like, oh, my God, we're going to Lord of the Rings. We're basically going to Middle Earth right. um, to shoot Middle Earth. And, um, and it, it was also a blessing because we knew you were going for the biggest TV show ever made. Mm. But we were ensconced in a amazingly sophisticated but small society all new zealanders have traveled and have lived all over the world so they kind of bring that back with them but the size of the community is certainly smaller than london so it felt like a big family that just went to work every day and there was nothing in between us and our passions and our creativity there were you know there wasn't a big city or any of the that same imposition. So it was a very pure creative experience in an amazing culture and certainly playing a hard foot to be in a landscape and our world shot exclusively on location. There was no studio for us. Oh, wow. So we literally got to put on our feet <laughs> and go walk through the, you know, completely unique nature that is New Zealand. Um, yeah, it was perfect for our world, especially, you know, the forests and the, the, the quality of the trees, the quality of the vegetation, even the people, because it's, you know, that one of the staggering things about New Zealand when you walk through the airport is first language is in Maori. Yeah. And Maori is as dominant a culture as, as the Western civilization. Um, 
in that country. So there was a sense that this land belongs to people of the earth who understand it. There's a real appreciation for nature in that country. And so, that, you know, to disappear into a hobbit in the woods, a prehistoric hobbit, a hard foot, was, um, it just felt so natural. We were in the Authentic. one place in the world. Yeah. I'm sure shooting during COVID is is difficult as it is. And New Zealand was one of those places that was looked at as like the gold standard for how they were handling it. I'm assuming it, it must have been really tough to to shoot all this as well. Well, we lucked out because Jacinda Ardern's policies, from my mind, were so effective. Hmm. Um, we went into lockdown fast and we went in hard. And that corresponded with a hiatus where the showrunners were going to go away and retwig some stuff with season one. And that it was always pre-designed for that. So that sort of, but then we, they, they knocked out COVID and we were able to shoot for almost our entire shoot with zero cases in the whole country. Amazon was exquisite at keeping a very serious COVID protocol on set. Yeah. But, you know, when you're not inevitably on, a, you know, in a sh- shoot that goes for a year, you're not shooting every day. So you've got a lot of time. Um, and it was, you know, we were able to go live a normal life. It was exquisite and extraordinary and amazing. I don't think this show, I think this show shuts down every week in, in, the, in the COVID world it could have been in. Right. But in New Zealand, because when you got 5,000 people on set, right. you know, there's a lot of room for stuff to break out. Okay. So, no, we were blessed in every way. This production was, you know, there was more support, more creativity, more freedom, more protection from the government. It was, it was a very special thing. Yeah, that, that, that trailer that we saw again today that Daniel mentioned, it really showed that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we shot all over the country. Um, South Island, North Island, multiple studios, outside of studios, finding every kind of bog, marsh, <laughs> boxscape you could find. Um, yeah, and and I think it was it was I think it cemented something. Now that we're moving back to England, which I think is in and of itself very exciting, because mm. it's in a way it's where it belongs. So I think it's very exciting for the Brits to have that come home. Yeah, I think um, I think there's the, the whole creative sector, all the design teams, all the all there's there's so many aspects to where the show's going to go that I think Britain will will have a really creative hand at. Yeah. Um, but I think it did right for the show and for the fans to take it to New Zealand, mm. and certainly for us actors, we will always have that dirt under our fingernails every time we put our costumes back on. Now, you you mentioned downtime. What was downtime like for you guys when you weren't shooting there? Since things were um, COVID-wise progressing well, what what did you guys get up to in between takes or, you know, in between? Uh, Just, uh, I mean, I I was going to say, you know, drinking, drugs, (laughs) none of the above, none of the above. Um, It was actually... We were an amazing, we had to be each other's family. You know, there's people that left their kids behind and the borders locked down. We couldn't leave. Um, 
there was a lot of people, there, there was people who was kind of some of the first things they've ever done just because they're very young. Um, so it was one big, massive family. Um, and, you know, it paired off in groups, but we were always getting together at my house. I was there with my family. So we had big sort of cast get togethers. Um, ben Walker, one of the actors had a big house for Sunday barbecues mm. um, peeled off on trips all over the country, taken on mass, big groups of cast yeah. going North of the country, going South, a big contingent of us who stayed. Uh, my family wasn't part of it, but they went on a big tour of the South Island um, uh, yeah, there was just, it was immense support for, you know, people's mental health, people's um, just went through birthdays and, <clears throat> you know, grieving this, what everybody, what all our friends and families were going through back in their countries during mm -hmm. the rigors of COVID. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a healthy amount of parting, a healthy amount of adventure, and just tons of love. We became as close as a cast could ever become. Yeah, and, and I was going to say that must build with the camaraderie of the whole team, and like you are creating this together and being, you know, kind of isolated on your own out there too. It must bring you guys all really close. Yeah, yeah, very close and very kind of dedicated to the project in a way. It was everything. It was just our whole our whole lives in every sense, you know, even there, we were there for five months doing nothing just in lockdown. And it, and so you kind of, the only reason you're there is because of the show, but now your life is, you're living your best life because of the show. So it, it was, yeah, I, we didn't even need tattoos. It was sort of like, <laughs> it's just it was ingrained in you. Yeah. Yeah. It's in our bone marrow now. Yeah. Now you're one of the you're one of the only Canadians really a part of the cast. I gotta ask, how much of Canada did you bring with you onto the set? Did you share any all dressed chips with people? Like, how much of Canada was there? <laughs> uh, push push in as much as I could. Good. Um, still have no takers. Strange. Oh. Doesn't translate on paper the way you hope it would. Um, but. Um, yeah, no, for me, the, the Canadiana was, you know, I grew up in Montreal and my grandmother lived an hour north in the woods on a lake. So I spent a lot of summers with two filmmakers as parents. I often spent my summers with my grandmother um, just running barefoot through the woods, playing ninjas in the woods, just running from, you know, monsters in the woods Um and then cut to me being this barefoot creature in the woods of New Zealand. It was, you know, for me personally, it was very familiar. I was like, I've been doing this um, <laughs> forever. Your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And with an Afro, normally my hair was much longer as a kid. Yeah. It, I, I just, I felt very natural in the world coming from Canada. I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking you could shoot lots of Lord of the Rings between, you know, you could find amazing landscapes between some of the, the Deadlands in southern Saskatchewan. I've shot a capital oh, yeah. film there to the mountains of BC, right. you know, um, to the amazing coves and coastline of Newfoundland 
for Numenor and stuff. You could you could easily shoot it across this country as well. Oh, yeah, I bet. Canada's massive. Yeah. Now, you know, speaking of your character, your character's name is Largo Brandyfoot. What can you tell us about who your character is? I know things are under wraps right now, but as much as you can, we'd love to know more about your character because we've only just been <laughs> yeah. little glimpses of him. So we Yeah, he um, Largo is a devoted father and community man. Um, he lives for his children, his wife, and for his community. He kind of love, wakes up every day and loves it. Um, he's a very proud father of Nori, who's one of the key characters in the show. Um, and uh, she is a, a young woman who's coming of age, has her own thoughts, her own ideas of how we as a society should live, how she should live. Um, we are a we're we're a people of a kind of refugee status we've uh, displaced from our our home hundreds of years before um in the last great war so we've been a migrant community ever since and basically we're a very fragile community and the only way we see fit to survive as a people's is to stay moving and to stay completely hidden um, so we have the great capacity to disappear at the snap of the fingers into the nature that we exist in. Um, and um, yeah, and we're people who have lived a certain way for a long amount of time. And this show throws up the possibility that the way we've been living is unsustainable and maybe not the best way going forward. Um, and I think as we are in the second age, and as you know, and they've spoken, it is the kind of rise of Sauron again, evil returning into the world after the elves and our, our dear gladiator, uh, Glad, Glad, Galadriel has, um, I call Galadriel the gladiator because for me, <laughs> that's what she was um, to the evil, but she's snuffed most of the evil out. Um, but it is on the rise again, and obviously us being the most fragile and delicate of the community, we're probably the most, you know, we're, nobody's looking for us, nobody knows about us, but we're still the most vulnerable to it all. So um, I think that tells you a bit about the journey we go on. Oh, definitely. And I, and I always love, especially when you think of the Lord of the Rings and you think of just hobbits in general, you always think of their place in the larger scale of everything, right? Because they are such uh, a, a, a smaller people, but also just like they're they're very to their own. So you, it's, I'm I'm excited to see you know what the role of 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 these hobbits play in the in the larger scale of the story. Because from the trailer that we saw today, it's massive. This mm. the story looks massive in scope. So I'm excited to see how everyone is going to be connecting with one another. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they are. They're certainly. There's something familiar about them, I think, to the Hobbits people have read about and know. Um, and I think it was a brilliant turn by the showrunners to include, to bring them into the story, even though Tolkien has written that there wasn't much to write about them during that period. Um, inevitably, you have all these other worlds that have the capacity and the means and the character to engage in the action of their lives right but uh, but we are very much the victim of those 
actions, whatever they may be. If they make it a peaceful and safe world, well, then we're peaceful and safe. If they make it an unsafe world, well, then we're unsafe. And I love that. I think that was true of the books of Lord of the Rings that Tolkien included this race of people who, pure of heart, incredibly courageous in their personality, but these are the cons. You will see the consequence of ego, hubris, violence, war. You will see the consequence on these peoples, wow. and and I thought that's always been very moving to me, very relatable as a human being. Awesome. Well, I mean, your, your parents are both very accomplished filmmakers. Now, is this something that you always wanted to be a part of? No, man. I was a nice hockey player. I say I I keep saying that because I'm living in the Southern hemisphere and I have to always explain. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I played hockey. I was kind of, I was good at sports and I was an only child. My, I have two half brothers. Um, they were the ones who introduced me to Lord of the Rings, um, but I didn't grow up uh, living with them day in, day out. Um, so I just needed to play. Rinks is where we did it. I happened to be very good. Um, kept on playing right up until I was 19, went to play in the States a little bit, went to a scouting tournament, but I was also uh, injury prone. I'm not sure. I had 10 dislocations, two operations on the same shoulder. And I was finally at a scouting tournament in Montreal when I had the final um, dislocation and operation and I called it quits. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, the arts, I, I mean, I've kind of always been proud that my parents were very much, I think, sort of very civil, conscientious members of society. They were very political. My dad was very, very political, and my mom was very, very artistic. So politics and art in general were in the house, but not necessarily a filmmaking family, whatever that means. Um, So I was always exposed to culture. Um, I grew up... I was babysat in editing rooms at the National Film Board, you know, um, on the old Steenbecks. And um, and I was babysat at the National Film Board be, being taken to the um, Cinematheque where I could watch all the great NFB animation mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and I started to study a little bit of theatre in high school, but my mom introduced me to the great Montreal theatre practitioner, Robert Lepage, who's often considered the godfather of contemporary theatre in the world, and certainly one of the most sought after, and was a great filmmaker as well. I'm a huge fan of his films. Um, But I got exposed to him as a theatre maker in a production he did, Needles and Opium, um, when I was kind of giving up ice hockey and it was so physical as a performance that I think the still the athlete was like oh I could tell a story with my body as much as with my words and and that piqued my interest and then the rest of it was actually fairly similar to playing high level sports you got an audience you've got to play when you perform whether it be the sport or your or your play or whatever, you have to be in an unconscious state of mind. The practice either has got you ready or it doesn't, but you can't think about it when you're in the game that moves too fast. Right. And it's the same as, you know, certainly in theater, it's the same when, when you're doing a play. Right. Um, so it was both familiar 
both because of my family, but also physically, the whole performance dynamic was physical. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, and also, you know, I was too I was too late to the game of like, what are you going to study? I, I don't know. I do. I don't <laughs> sit down and read. I do. That's how I do. Right. Yeah. Dylan, that's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time. We are so so excited for the show. Anytime, man. Love yeah, to so talk excited. about it. All the best with Comic Con next week as well. Too, we'll be uh, we'll be turning yeah. on, uh, and hopefully, we we'll get to talk to you again. Yeah, look forward to it. Right. Wicked. Thank you for your time. And welcome back, Shay. How was your trip to Middle Earth? Well, it was long. Uh, I didn't realize that we'd be walking so much. You're- <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting you to to continue to be with that the joke. quick. Yeah, I know. To continue. No, I'm always expecting you to be that quick. Thank you. But I'm. I'm. I wasn't expecting you just to you know to follow up my joke so well. That was a Hobbit joke. It was a Hobbit joke. It was a Hobbit joke for one over your head because you're short because you're a Hobbit. Oh wait. Not how they speak in Middle Earth at all. <laughs> wait, um, they don't have air horns in the Middle Earth. <laughs> they Damn have the it. the Great Horn of Gondor. <laughs> Could you imagine them Light trying the beacons. to? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just oh, want to say uh, thank you once again to Dylan Smith for joining us on the movie podcast. What an absolute gentleman. Uh, we are so excited for this show. I mean, it, we love the Lord of the Rings. You can't see it in frame right now if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this episode because you're driving and there's no visual uh, amendment to what you're watching. Unless in your car you have Lord of the Rings posters. Unless you have Lord of the Rings posters, these very specific posters. Mm-hmm. I have two Lord of the Rings posters uh, to the side of me here that uh, this this series means so much to me from from the movies to the music to the characters and just to, to this world. I absolutely love Lord of the Rings. I know you do too, Shay. Mm-hmm. I know Anthony does as well. So for us to be able to go back to Middle Earth and visit it thousands of years before and really see how this started to you know form and really get get to the pages of a Tolkien wrote and see this, I'm just so excited. This is this gonna be really special. It's gonna be eight episodes of just wait. spectacular. I think I think Amazon knows exactly what they have here. They have <clears throat> a literal gold mine of just content. Gold. gold Sorry, I don't want to use content. dragon. I, like just uh, the amount of the the lore that they can kind of yeah. pick from. And I'm I was a little nervous to go back a thousand years, but you know what? I'm all for it. I can't wait to see what it looks like because we've already been seeing these teaser trailers yeah. and they look crazy. That last trailer oh. that we got, and I was so happy that we got to see that trailer literally about an hour or two before talking with Dylan. It looks spectacular. Crazy. It looks beautiful. And I remember, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to Paul Walter Hauser and we we're yeah. like, you know, TV and film, you know, like what's, where's the line now? And it's like, you see this and it's going to be a show and it's eight hours in this world. You're like, this is trans. This is transporting me to a different world. We're in the golden age of television. Of television. I cannot wait for this. We are so excited, and of course, you'll be able to check out the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power, September second on Prime Video. Again, once again, thank you to our friends at Prime Video for inviting us to talk with Dylan. We cannot wait to watch the show. We're really excited for it. If you couldn't tell already, so make sure you check it out, and make sure you stay right here on the movie podcast because we're gonna have lots more Rings of Power coverage very very soon we're going to be talking about it i'm sure for the next two months and into september and there's a lot to look forward to Easily. i promise you yeah so look forward to all of that as always you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single monday and watch out throughout the week for our interviews and reviews on all the latest movies and series make sure you follow us on instagram twitter tiktok and letterbox and don't forget you could also leave us a five-star review on apple podcast spotify Join our Discord and write into the show at hello at themoviepodcast.ca. Check out our show notes for all of those links and more. That was this time with the movie podcast, and we'll see you next.